Gotham Sound is your one-stop audio solution for microphones, mixers, recorders, podcasting, and wireless. Whether you're looking to rent or buy sound equipment, are working at a church, feature film, a television show, podcast, theater, or a student project, Gotham Sound is here to serve you. With a huge selection of new and used gear, it's your first stop before you buy. Gotham Sound has the pro audio you need to make your project sound true professional. Gotham has been around for 18 years perfecting pro audio. Visit us at GothamSound.com. Since 2015, Autonomous is dedicated to building ergonomic office chairs and electric standing desks with the highest quality materials. The Autonomous product lineup began with the original office standing desk, the Smart Desk, and now spans several categories of smart ergonomic office tools and accessories, as well as new software solutions for modern hybrid work offices. All of our products are not just great looking and durable, but simple to use in order to unleash their full potential. Visit us at autonomous.ai and use code Messiah Radio for a 5% discount on your total order. It's Messiah Community Radio Talk Show. This is Michael James Lauren, your host. Psychology and Christianity is the name of the book, Five Different Views. We have a special guest, Professor Eric Johnson joins us. Welcome. Hey there. Our sponsors with over 90 years experience in developing audio electronics, Bayer Dynamics stands for innovative audio products with the highest sound quality and pioneering technology. Two business divisions, consumer and installation, provide tailored solutions for professional and private users. All products are developed in Germany and primarily manufactured by hand. From headphones to microphones and conference and interpretation systems. For more information, please visit north-america.bayerdynamic.com. And by Vocal Booth to Go carries a complete line of products and accessories specifically designed for voiceover actors, audio professionals, podcasters, producers, and studio owners to help them get professional results for their clients. It's your go-to place for sound treatment, soundproofing, portable, and mobile vocal booths. Visit VocalBoothToGo.com for more information. And Oralex Acoustics has one mission to make you sound your best. Thousands of satisfied Oralex customers have experienced improved acoustics along with free expert advice, total sound control products from Oralex. Enjoy widespread use among prominent artists, producers, engineers, and corporations worldwide. Remember, it's not your gear, it's the room. Visit Oralex.com for more information. And great audio starts with great gear. And Zoom's 30-year reputation promises quality and affordability. Visit zoom-na.com today for recorders, audio interfaces, effects pedals, and more. We're Zoom, and we're for creators. So, Professor, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself, where you're from. And, uh, and this is a good subject. I want to know what Sigmund Freud would say about this. Psychology and Christianity. Yeah, I'm, I'm, uh, I teach at Houston Baptist University, and I'm a part of something called the Gideon Institute of Christian Psychology and Counseling. So I'm a professor, uh, actually, of Christian psychology there at uh, Houston Baptist. Uh, my understanding, and you take it from there, that you know we're psychological beings and we're spiritual beings. Is that right? 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, literally, the term psychology is rooted in the Greek word for soul, psuche, and another Greek word for sort of, we use it in English, the study of, logos, uh, ology. And uh, psychology has been around for centuries, uh, long before Freud came along, actually. Uh, the term psychology was used by Christians. And I think it's right to think of the, the roots of, of, of a Christian psychology are found in the Bible and are a part of, what, of God's revelation to us. So there are all these different views. Uh, Eric, you present five of them in your book. And, uh, you know, and it seems like when people are looking even for a Christian psychologist, there might be a little bit of scripture at the end, uh, mainly secular. Uh, and then there's others that, you know, it's just the Bible and the Bible addresses all our problems and in our sin and and so forth. And so uh, can this get confusing for people and do people uh, duke it out and, and talk about it and debate about it? You know, because a lot of people say, you know, the wisdom of the world is what uh, crucified our Lord. And uh, and so are we being fair with that or no? Yeah, I mean, it's it's honestly one of those really complicated topics because uh, I think for two main reasons. One is that God has given us a, a special book where he's revealed the most important things he wants us to know. And, uh, you know, Christians, by the Holy Spirit's inclination, you know, are drawn to that word and are devoted to it in a deep sense. At the same time, another truth is, is that science is a gift that God's grace gives us, but it's a kind, it's what some people call common grace or some creation grace that enables us to discover things about God's creation that he hasn't revealed to us in the Bible. And, uh, you know, the, the challenge is, is that uh, we, we, I think in order to do justice to the complexity of human beings, we need to bring together both forms of knowledge, the knowledge God's given us in the Bible, as well as doing justice to uh, the deliverances of science. Uh, but one more one more point there. Though. What makes it so complicated is the the psychology that that we're most familiar with that's developed in the West over the last hundred years is dominated by secularism. It's based on a different worldview than ours. It doesn't believe that God exists. The worldview is called naturalism. And so the psychology that, that is taught at all the major universities is distorted. It leaves out some of the most important things about human beings. And that you know, rightly causes Christians concern. So that's, I think, why it's such a controversial and yet very important area. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, when you look at the, the depths of the human heart, and uh, God talks about that a lot, there's wickedness and, and evil and, and deceptiveness and so forth. So um, I, I'm just wondering, how deep does psychology go in addressing the human heart as opposed to God's word? And do you see any limitations of uh, psychology as far as addressing the human heart? The view that uh, I'm teaching and that I've been working on for a number of years is called Christian psychology. And so what, what we're trying to do in that approach 
is we're wanting to say that the psychology that dominates our culture right now is a different version of psychology than a Christian version. However, that doesn't mean we throw it all out, that it's all bad. So it's from the Bible that we learn about sin and self, the kind of self-deception that you were uh, alluding to a minute ago. That kind of blindness, the Bible refers to it as it goes as deep as, as the human heart. Uh, as you were saying, the heart's deceptive about of all things. And because of that, we wouldn't expect a non-Christian version of psychology would be able to really understand what is at the at the core of, of us, which is our relationship with God and our dependence on God for everything. Now I'm curious, uh, Professor John said, so what what is the the Christian version of psychology? How do you what would you say about that? Yeah. So what we want to do is we want to use all the information that we have available to us. So that means we begin with the Bible. We look to the Bible for psychological wisdom and insight. As well, we study the, you know, the reflections of great Christians over the centuries, because a lot of Christians have thought deeply about the soul and, and, and what makes us tick. Augustine, Thomas Aquinas, Jonathan Edwards, some, some really brilliant Christians that have done some work. Um, but something happened in the late 1800s that changed, uh, you know, our understanding of psychology, and that was uh, what Christian Smith, the Christian sociologist, calls the secular revolution. And in that secular revolution, basically, it's as if uh, secularism took over all the disciplines and kind of made it seem as if that's the only version of the of, of the human sciences that there are. But that's actually not not the case. But we've all grown up in a culture that assumes that secular psychology is the only kind of psychology there is. But the psychology that that dominates our culture now is fundamentally secular. And yet they've devoted lots of resources to the study of human beings, but based on the worldview of naturalism. So it's it's a distorted psychology in terms of what's most important about us. It ignores God. It ignores that we're made in the image of God. It ignores sin and the potential of healing the soul through Jesus Christ. Those are really important psychological uh, concepts from a Christian standpoint, and they're left out of secular psychology. So what we're doing in Christian psychology is we're trying to take the best of secular psychology that's legitimate and sort of translating it into a Christian framework. Let's get to a, a topic. It, it, taking what you said, sexuality and homosexuality is in your book. And so now we have you know, a Christian worldview, and then there's a science worldview. You said these two can coexist or exist together, but on that topic, they're diametrically opposed. What do you think about that? <laughs> when it comes to, yeah. you know, sexuality and homosexuality, they're saying science says that it's genetic. And of course, we know what the Bible says. You take it from there. I wouldn't want to say that secular psychology is completely compatible with the Christian psychology. Evidences of that is the topics that you just mentioned. Christianity has a very clear sexual ethic that's developed in the Bible. And as Christians, we're bound to God's revelation about who we are. And this is why a Christian psychology needs the Bible in order to develop an ethic 
uh, an ethical system of uh, understanding what's good for us. How, how, how do human beings flourish? And according to a Christian understanding of sexuality uh, and, and gender, we're made uh, male and female. Uh, and that's a foundational distinction that goes as, uh, as deep as, as human nature. But because of the fall, because of our alienation from God as a result of that, um, we uh, have kind of broken away from God's design plan for us and are seeking to kind of live autonomously from mm. him and, and to follow our desires wherever they might lead. And, and we kind of feel like we're in charge of, of our lives. And in the, in, on this topic, we're in charge of our sexuality. But if God designed us for flourishing with him and according to his will, according to the way he designed us, then it's very important that our psychology uh, follow his guidance on, on these really important matters. And as you're suggesting in our culture, you know, our culture, because of the secular revolution, they cut themselves off from listening to the Bible and are developing a sexual ethic that is autonomous from God. And in that case, then, uh, you know, people seek to live according to their, whatever desires they have that they wish to follow. Um, but from a Christian standpoint, we, we want to critique that. We want to help people recognize that we can never be happy by living autonomously from God. And it's always better for us to seek his will for things like our, our sexuality. Unfortunately, uh, you know, evolution, secular evolution has so shaped our culture that the idea uh, that, that, you know, basic sexual fulfillment is considered to be one of the highest forms of, of fulfillment, whatever uh, that means to the individual. You make those distinctions in your book, of course, that, you know, that they're not together, they're opposed. Those two different views, of course, you know, between Christianity and, you know, secular science says and so forth. We're going to learn more with Eric Johnson in just a bit. His book, Psychology and Christianity, Five Views. Eric Johnson is the professor at Houston Baptist University, professor of Christian psychology and uh, Gideon Institute of Christian Psychology. We're going to learn more uh, different views right after this. Tribe Signs was designed in 2010. We started operations as home and office solutions specialists and have since established ourselves as a trusted brand all over the world. We have worked with some of the world's best designers and manufacturers to bring a curated selection of beautiful furniture to thousands of happy customers across America. Visit us at tribesigns.com. Ocaso builds high-quality, extremely affordable action cameras that enable our customers to capture dynamic moments in life and share their world of difference. In less than nine years, Ocaso has become one of the leading action camera brands worldwide with sales of over a half million units annually. There's a world out there to explore and enjoy while capturing every thrilling experience. Ocaso's mission is to inspire and empower more people to join, enjoy, capture, and share the fun of exciting outdoor sports visit acasotech.com okay we're back with eric johnson he joins us his book psychology and christianity five views a touchy subject for many because uh not everyone believes those two can coexist and so uh when you hear about that what are some of the ways that you feel that people tell you they cannot coexist and why when it comes to christianity and psychology and some of the ways they can if you just give us a short version the book presents five 
of the most common views that Christians take to psychology. And the way that I've laid it out is uh, one side is all science, no Bible. And on the other extreme would be all Bible, no science in its approach to counseling. That's called biblical counseling. And the first view uh, calls itself the levels of explanation, and it distinguishes psychology and theology and says there are two different levels of explanation, and they they should be kept separated. And then in the middle are three models that in different ways seek to bring psychology uh, as it's currently understood under Christian influence. One of them is called integration, and this tries to integrate the Christian faith with with secular psychology. And then the two views that I'm most uh, closely identified with is called Christian psychology, uh, as in my t- the title of, of my uh, professorship. And then also another approach called transformational psychology, which believes that Christ transforms us. And therefore, a Christian uh, psychology ought to be transformational, bringing us, uh, conforming us to the image of Christ. So that would be sort of the lay of the land for most folks that are Christians in our day. Could you give us an example, like in helping someone in a situation with psychology, a problem someone would have and how psychology would address it and how Christianity would address it and even how you would combine it with just one problem? Let's say um, depression is a very common condition that human beings have. I think a, a strictly secular approach to depression could, you know, if it's shaped by uh, medicine, by psychiatry, they're going to look at it as a biological problem exclusively and want to treat it uh, with medicine. And there are some medicines that help at least some people with depression. And so that would be the, the treatment of choice. And that happens to be the dominant approach to depression treatment in America today is the use of medication. However, there are secular approaches in psychotherapy and psychology that also would say, it's helpful to use therapy uh, techniques to see a therapist to undermine the influence of uh, depression, to help people think differently, to help people process their emotions in a healthy way, but without reference to God or or Jesus Christ. Those would be secular approaches. And there are Christians who, for a number of reasons, basically follow that approach, though they are Christians and they love the Lord, but they, they pretty much stick to what they were taught probably in medical school or in psychotherapy school. So on the other extreme would be a Bible-only approach. And a lot of pastors, because they're trained in the Bible and theology, they counsel out of that standpoint. And I think that's a good thing because the Bible does address issues of sorrow and sadness. The book of Psalms, for example, is filled with a lament where people take their sorrows to the Lord and pray for his help and intervention. It's, we, we need the Bible. However, God didn't want to tell us everything there is to know about uh, psychological conditions like depression, uh, apparently, because there's lots of things that we understand now from science scientific research that aren't in the Bible, but that God knows because God's omniscient and God created us. And so he knows everything. And uh, and so he's given us through science uh, additional knowledge that's not in the Bible. 
you know, that's where it gets kind of confusing uh, as far as why one is better over the other when it comes yes. to Christianity and, and psychology. I think sin uh, plays a role in, in how we address that. That's great. Yeah. So a Christian psychology has to take sin seriously because it's revealed by God as what I call the, the most serious soul problem we have. And uh, only God's spirit can free us from the blindness that we have the uh, and, and, and bring to our awareness the fact that we're alienated. We're cut off from our creator. And as long as we're cut off from our creator, we can't find fulfillment in its fullest sense, in the way uh, that God designed us for. However, uh, there, there are aspects of us that are uh, also damaged as a result of being human beings uh, in a fallen world. And so uh, when we think about depression, some depression could be caused by sin. For example, let's say somebody uh, loses a job because they were irresponsible at work, they took too much time off and so on. And then afterwards, they start to develop depression because they lost their job. But it was also in part because of their irresponsibility. That, that would be how depression can be caused by sin. But there's also plenty of evidence that people can be prone to depression because of genetic influence and because of, let's say, growing up in a really dysfunctional family. And by the time a person reaches adulthood, they may have a lot of experiences that were very, very sad that got woven into their brain. And they're not responsible for growing up in a dysfunctional family. That was something that is outside, was outside of their control, of course, as, as babies. And so a Christian psychology wants to distinguish carefully between the kind of disorder that, that we experience due to our human sin, growing up with fallen parents who, who are less than perfect, less than God's design plan. When it comes to human beings' ability to know self, what I'm wondering is if there are limitations in that, you know, in other words, mm. like, because God's word just cuts so deep into the human heart mm -hmm. and reveals what's in the human heart and reveals, you know, the holiness of God and, and reveals our sin. I'm wondering, apart from that, do we have the kind of insight to really know ourselves uh, if we're no. such sinful people? You know, and that's what I'm wondering is that I, I see the merits of psychology and just thinking through this, I'm just wondering if there are limitations with it as far as, you know, to really see and know yourself as opposed to when you read the scriptures and, and seeing yourself through God's eyes. Yes. Yeah. Thanks for bringing that up because that's so foundational. And again, I want to distinguish between secular psychology can only go so far in understanding human beings because it's cut off from God and, and doesn't respect God's revelation in the Bible. And uh, so your, your question reminds me of, of something that John Calvin said, that the knowledge of God and the knowledge of self are intimately interwoven. And we, we cannot understand human our, ourselves apart from our knowledge of God and our and our relationship with him and and, and our relationship with Jesus Christ so we need the Bible we need a, our a love relationship with Christ in order to come to a fuller maybe we could say a holistic comprehensive understanding of ourselves and that's really only available to those who are followers of Christ. One thing I do know, you don't find a lot of biblical psychologists today. I mean, I feel bad for Christians that are they're looking for for help and and all they want is someone who can perhaps uh, you know, address a lot of their issues with the Bible. I'm sure there 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 are people out there that can do that. 
you just don't find many of them. And it's, no. it's that, uh, you know, and, and it could be uh, confusing. People say, I want to go to a Christian psychologist. And then there's a little bit of scripture uh, that they'll say at the end. And it, and it felt like just like a secular psychologist, you know, no difference. Do you ever see that that the line gets moved further and further? And it doesn't even seem, even though they say, you know, marketing <laughs> that I'm a yeah. Christian psychologist, but they're not really. I'm I'm afraid that that's true. I mean, in order to get a, a master's degree or a PhD in psychology in our day, the vast majority of programs are secular. And even most Christian programs end up in the content of their therapy uh, is, is functionally secular because they don't believe that you can bring Jesus into the therapy hour. But I think that's a mistake. I mean, obviously, that's a, that's a truncated view of psychology and psychotherapy. And I think in a Christ-centered therapy model, we have to bring God in for the for a holistic, comprehensive healing of the soul. So yeah, you're you're exactly right. I think in order to find a good Christian, Christ-centered therapist, it's it's necessary to do some homework and talk to the therapist, try and get a feel for you know how, how central is Jesus in your understanding of the healing of the soul. Do you do you think the Bible sheds light on on psychology? And if they don't, they really don't know what you're talking about. Then you know that's a reason to go to someone else. Remaining thoughts with Eric Johnson, Professor Eric Johnson from Houston Baptist University, a professor of Christian psychology and Gideon Institute of Christian Psychology. We'll be back. You're going to learn a lot right after this. Start your fragrance line and make money with BostonPerfumery.com. Design custom cologne or perfume using natural ingredients. Imagine 10% butterscotch, 20% sandalwood, and 70% vanilla dark. Choose any scents and any percentage from the Boston Perfumery Sun Chart, then name your custom fragrance. Visit bostonperfumery.com. Again, bostonperfumery.com. Everyone deserves a signature scent. Sennheiser has been continuously setting trends in the audio industry. Wherever people care passionately about recording, transmitting, or playing sound, Sennheiser will be there. Artists, disc jockeys, scientists, sound technicians, or demanding music lovers, the Sennheiser name always stands for premium products, headphones, microphones, and all-around audio solutions. The ultimate in sound quality. Sennheiser. We're here with Eric Johnson, his book, Psychology and Christianity, Five Views. When you hear sermons today, a lot of sermons, maybe topic-based or very little about teaching the Bible, because I'm wondering if the same has happened with the Christian psychologists. Instead of you know saying, hey, I know my way around the Bible like a pastor should, and I'm going to show you with a masterful understanding, you know, as God allows through the Bible so you could understand what God says. And I mean, it seems so simple, but yet we've strayed so far, you know, in the church when it comes to just really understanding the Bible. It's become something else, it seems, at least. And and I'm wondering if that's the case in psychology as well. And And I wish it just seems that, you know, we should know more about the Bible to address these issues. Yeah, I, I mean, part of the, my calling is to flesh out the implications of the Bible for a rich, Christ-centered psychology. But I, I, I don't think he, God has told us everything that he knows in the Bible. So I also think it's it's cool to take captive the, the research of our day and to bring it under the Lordship of Christ so that we get as full an understanding and as close to God's 
comprehensive understanding as we can get in our day. But that's a it's a difficult task. And you know that there are going to be people who disagree with that. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that's right. That you can't tell me that, you know, my God uh, is not telling me everything that I need to know about myself and about uh, the human condition and about him and the Bible, because that, you know, you would say, well, that's not my God. He would he would give me everything, mm. you know, and then there are people who would say that, you know, who are we? as human beings to think that we, you know, could come up with these answers apart from God, that mm -hmm. we know ourselves and we could, we'll just write the rest of the story from there. He didn't give us enough information. So I understand what you're dealing with. You're dealing with a lot of opposing views. If you lead us in prayer, we appreciate it. Yeah. So Lord, we're just thankful to you for the, the beautiful way that you've made us and the fact that you've given us the most beautiful remedy for the deepest needs of our soul in, our, in, in, in your son, Jesus Christ. And these, these things are daunting and, and it's, it's easy for us to, to get contentious over such important matters as uh, understanding of, of the soul. So we pray for the, the Christian community that you build us up and bring unity and help us to think more and more clearly throughout the, uh, the coming years so that we might glorify you in our lives in this world. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. And don't forget to go to the website, pastoraltheologians.com, where you can hear more and uh, the episodes and podcasts of our special guest, uh, Eric Johnson. Wonderful book. Once again, Psychology and Christianity. Thank you so much for being on the program. Thank you, Michael. It's been great talking to you. Our sponsors with over 90 years experience in developing audio electronics, Bayer Dynamics stands for innovative audio products with the highest sound quality and pioneering technology. Two business divisions, consumer and installation, provide tailor solutions for professional and private users. All products are developed in Germany and primarily manufactured by hand, from headphones to microphones and conference and interpretation systems. For more information, please visit north-america.bairdynamic.com. And by Vocal Booth To Go carries a complete line of products and accessories specifically designed for voiceover actors, audio professionals, podcasters, producers, and studio owners to help them get professional results for their clients. It's your go-to place for sound treatment, soundproofing, portable, and mobile vocal booths. Visit VocalBoothToGo.com for more information. And Oralex Acoustics has one mission, to make you sound your best. Thousands of satisfied Oralex customers have experienced improved acoustics, along with free expert advice, total sound control products from Oralex. Enjoy widespread use among prominent artists, producers, engineers, and corporations worldwide. Remember, it's not your gear, it's the room. Visit Oralex.com for more information. And great audio starts with great gear. And Zoom's 30-year reputation promises quality and affordability. Visit zoom-na.com today for recorders, audio interfaces, effects pedals, and more. We're Zoom, and we're for creators.